podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and I am happy that it is both of us for, I think, the first time in a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Uh, I'm I'm happy about it. It's good to have you back, and it's even better to talk about uh, some K-State wins. But before we do that, just how's life? How are things going? Um, You know, I I enjoyed you doing stupid Twitter videos yesterday after the game. I... uh, I, I don't know what sort of brand or what, what sort of Twitter content you're going for these days on Twitter. It's kind of all over the place, but I enjoy the funny face, fist pumping, weird finger wagging I videos. <laughs> I, I think that should be your Twitter persona the entire time. Um, that's what I, didn't I know enjoy. that you could make. I didn't know that you could make GIFs until yesterday. So that could be a new thing, but um, I don't know. You know, I was just buzzing after the win just having a little bit of fun. I kind of regret it. I kind of regret putting my face on, on the timeline like that, but it's a fun video. Maybe, I mean, Jimmy already gifted the video, so maybe we get to, we get to see it a little bit more throughout the season, but um, life is okay. Just grinding, putting food on the table and, you know, doing my best to help shape the, the mind of a piece of the next generation. You know, sports have been bad so far in 22 though. I mean, yes, the, the the Chiefs game was really bad. My teams um, are oof. January for Arsenal, like over out of all competitions. Cats basketball, you know, very hot, very cold. Yes, mostly cold. Uh, and then yeah, the Chiefs debacle was painful. So it's it's not been great. It's not been great. I yeah. guess the cat. When did we? You know, cats cats won their bowl game technically in twenty two. So yeah, that's that a was good. That was good. Chelsea's been drawing like everything in the league, but winning cup matches. Uh, they're off to, I think, the United Arab Emirates uh, for the Club World Cup. Um, yeah. So they just have to win two games, and then they're the club champions of the world. So that would be that. Who do be they play? Cool. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. They they. The Club World Cup is such like a sham tournament. Yeah, um, I mean, because like the the European team doesn't even come in until the semifinals, and uh, you know, the, and, and we were the last European team to lose. We we lost like some Brazil team, like maybe Flamingo, the last time yeah. we were in the Club World Cup. Um, so that would be fun, but I mean, I don't know that. I mean, the Cats. Cats doing well. I mean, the women's team seems to win when they're at home. They don't win on the road. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe things are going to look up. I like the football hire. We'll talk about that later. Um, Chauncey's trying to become part of this show by playing with the one squeak toy I didn't take out of the studio before this. It's a, it's a good time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still drinking a ton of water. So, I mean, that's good. 
I'm going hard on the water today. I've been really, I've been really bad over the last week drinking water, but today I'm, I'm off to a good start. Um, so that's good. Dude, I tell you what, water plus the Peloton, I'm feeling great. Best I've that's ever, good. Best I've ever felt. Great. I want to get a Peloton. I feel, I'm, I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I'm jealous. Dude, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I th- there are some haters out there, and not not hashtag not an ad because Peloton does sponsor some podcasts. Would love them to sponsor us. Um, that'd be cool. Get a just freaking relax, bud. Uh, th- there are some haters out there, and then like the whole stock price thing, like whatever. That's a whole different. The financials side of it as a company versus the product is a whole different thing. But if you're motivated by like trying to be better than people, you know, or just yourself. Cause you get to see your own score every time you do a ride, which that's yeah. what drives me like competing with myself. And then with random people from Twitter, it is 100% worth getting the bike and 100% worth uh, doing it that way. Cause I know there are some, some folks who just get the app and then they get a different spin bike and do it a different way. Um, that's fine if people want to do that, but I am so driven by trying to beat other people that I think it's worth it. So maybe you should, all that matters. You should get one and then I can be better than you for like a week before you like get used <laughs> to the bike and then you'll blow me out. But it's a lot of fun. Not quite in the budget right now, but I, I'm looking, looking to shift some, maybe some financials around to afford the old Peloton. Well, I think, I mean, I think they have like a, 36 months zero APR type thing going on but I mean whatever whatever I think it's a lot of fun um so that's enough of the random stuff before we get into the show we are pleased to inform with you we have partnered with a brand new app called Colorcast it is your new way to participate in social sports talk on Colorcast you can now listen and live inside of thousands of different podcasts and sports talk shows live and be brought up to the hot seat and participate the best thing is if you're participating in a live in-game chat the score and stats can be updated right there inside the chat and show you're participating in we'll be hosting live weekly shows so get your pencils and pins out because here are our dates and times for upcoming shows february 9th at 6 p.m that is before the baylor game february 16th 7 p.m that is just a midweek show. February 22nd, 7 p.m. That is before the KU game in Allen Fieldhouse. February 27th, 7 p.m. I don't really know why I chose that. And March 5th, 7 p.m. Also, I think that's just a random midweek show before the Big 12 basketball tournament starts off. And yes, all of those times are in God's time zone, the central time zone. So join us on Call or Cast as we talk all things K-State sports. Again, February 9th is our upcoming show, 6 p.m. That's right before the Baylor game instead of afterwards. Um, join us. And I think right now there is no ability to then publish it on Apple or Spotify podcast. So if you want to listen to all of our crazy over-the-top hot takes or participate, the only way to do it is downloading ColorCast and joining us. I think in the future, we're going to have the ability to publish the shows. But right now, if you want to listen, you have to download and participate. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. But what I am mainly looking forward to is talking about K-State basketball because they truly had an abysmal performance versus Baylor and Ole Miss. I think 
I did the uh, last podcast at like 5.30 in the morning because I'm like, I'm depressed. I want to get this out of the way. <laughs> I thought I was going to get to watch the Chiefs win uh, AFC Championship game. Um, that Ole Miss game really was a kick in the dick. But if this season has taught me one thing, after the kick in the dick, they find a way to – uh, maybe not bring you all the way back. I don't think I'm all the way back, but they still kind of rope you in a little bit because you got two nice wins. Let's first talk about that Oklahoma State game because they squandered a seven-point halftime lead after going on like a 14-0 run to end the half. And then it was back and forth. It was a tight game the entire second half. Nigel Packer refused to let this one be a loss. He had 22 points, including the game winner. We'll talk about his performance versus CCU in a bit. But if there's any doubt before the Oklahoma State game, there isn't any doubt. Nigel Pack is a dude and just and just a great basketball player. I, I don't know any other way to put it. He is just great at the game of basketball. What do you think about his game? I mean, he's very good. Let's what's he averaging? 17 points, almost four rebounds, two and a half assists a game. He's shooting 46% in, you know, he's playing basically an all Big 12, you know flirting with a first team all big 12 level and he's doing it in the toughest conference in America, which has at one point had nine out of the 10 top defenses in, in Ken Palm in the country. He's, he's a player. Um, you know, he's, he's becoming what we thought he might be. Um, and he's doing it on in big moments. You know, he had a game winner. He's doing it on the big stage where he absolutely shredded KU at home. Um, and he basically did everything he possibly could to win us that game. Um, yeah, absolutely love him. And not only that, but he's just a fun character. Um, he's starting to like open up a little bit his personality that I didn't really, you know, when, when players players start to open up, it, it gets a little bit more fun. And, you know, he had that road dog thing. Did you see his tweet last night where he had like that little animated dog? He no, was I, I missed that, but it, it was, it was after this Oklahoma state game where he was really doing the pushing pack he's like oh yeah I got my mm-hmm. t-shirt now and I, I I do like it I love it when you do start and it usually happens in their sophomore year you know not everyone's going yeah. to be showing their full personality as a freshman but they're just he's starting to open up he's starting to truly become a star and again to be a star you have to have those game-winning moments you know he sadly didn't get it versus KU but he got it versus Oklahoma State you know that that final kind of run of play was just full of disasters. You know, you kind of screwed around on the final play for Oklahoma State. You, you get it out of bounds, though. You have that final inbounds play, and that it was a botched inbounds play. So they just kind of throw it out to Nigel back, takes a couple dribbles, drills the three, it goes in. How wild did you go when that went in? Because I'll be honest, I had actually watched – I went upstairs, I was watching the second half up in my bedroom – Chauncey was asleep, just kind of laying on me. And, and I try to be quiet for him. I'm a great dog dad. No, I try to be calm. I try not to get overly emotional watching sports if he's asleep. But I just shouted and he woke up and he started barking, thinking that something was going wrong. It was it, it was it was a lot of fun seeing that go in. I, I kind of wish I was in there. But again, you know, that we had that big snowstorm in Kansas City. I don't know how much you got in Lawrence, but it was I, I went wild. It, it, it was one of the more fun singular moments of this basketball season so far. So walk me through how you watched that because, and, and also throw this out there. I thought there was no chance we were going to get a bucket. I thought either we were going to screw it up and lose in regulation after that, you know, play <laughs> yeah. was botched or it was going to go to overtime. So again, I was very pleasantly surprised <sighs> to see that go through the net. 
Yeah. Um, well, the negatives of streaming got me on this one. Um, oh, no. Love streaming, but you I mean, can't look at this, your phone. Can't look. At it your wasn't. Phone. I know you're right. It was. It was kind of an accident, and that is. I was also on mic with some fellas, and there's always like, uh, you know, I'm either ahead of them or they're ahead of they're ahead of me, and there's some spoilers that happen. But um, I kind of was watching that whole game with one eye, um, and you know that final. I think Jimmy pointed it out. You know, we ran basically the exact same play as we ran earlier that worked to perfection. Screen the screener. They they covered it well. So Nigel just pops out. And I mean, if there's anybody that I want taking a 25 foot three with the game on the line right now, it's Nigel. Um, I mean, I keep seeing it on the timeline that he he's going flamethrower mode. And I absolutely love that. He's, he's a gamer. Um, we have to find the find a way to keep getting the ball in his hands. Um, and I think we got a shot. We got a shot. We have eight games left and we're going to talk about that, but it was fun. It was fun. It was fun to, fi- to finally get one of those at the end. Um, well, I mean, the, to be able to thing pull we, the rug from somebody else is nice. We did do that, I think, versus was it Texas or Texas Tech that we held on? I guess it, it was more holding but on. They missed, versus, which, you know, yeah, you which are, is different. I would expected them to hit that. But, you know, no, I mean, you're right. That was a close game we won, but it is nice to a buzzer beater. Yes. You know, it, I mean, because it's been a while a buzzer, since we've had like a true buzzer beater. There's nothing I, like winning a game, you know, with a 25 foot three. It, <laughs> I mean, it was what can you do? Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about Mark Smith in that game because he had 19 points. And this isn't necessarily about that specific game. And we'll, we'll maybe talk a little bit about his performance versus Oklahoma State. But I think he's the type of guy who is the poster child for the transfer portal. While he got it wrong going to Missouri, he's finally found his home. And I think he connected with a coach who, a had a vision of how to use him. And for all the crap that Bruce Weber gets, and some of it deservedly so, this isn't going to be a, uh, you know, a crusade for Bruce. You know, the, the, you know, we've had those before. Maybe we'll have one in the future. I don't know, but this isn't one of them. But Bruce does know how to get to some of the guys. Granted, he didn't know how to get to, he, he doesn't know how to get to all players. And we've seen that in, in the exodus and especially the Marcus Foster situation. We've seen he doesn't know how to handle all the players, but he was the perfect coach for Mark Smith. And it's a shame we didn't get him for four years, but Mark Smith comes in. Bruce says, I need you to be the leading rebounder of the team. I need you to be more than just a pick and pop shoot, shoot the three million times a game. And he's flourished. He's leading the big 12 in rebounds. He's has, you know, up above, I mean, he's averaging close to a double, double a game, you know, how impressive, has Mark Smith been, and, and here's another thing, whether it's Bruce or whether it's someone else in the like future, how important is it going to be finding those exact guys who you know how to coach in the transfer portal to help elevate the ceiling of your team for the future of K-State basketball? Well, I mean, I think that's just the future of college sports at this point, and you, as a coach, need to be able to tap into that transfer portal, or for the time being, you're probably going to get left behind, but it's a huge shame that we don't have Mark Sh- or Mark Smith uh, for one more year. Um, Cause you can see there's something about this group that's meshed and it's just not quite, we haven't quite found the consistency to finish off enough games yet for us to be firmly in the, in the conversation. But man, when you really run back looking through our schedule, we really are close. We're very close to, 
to being several steps forward um, in regards to being in the NCAA tournament. But I love Mark Smith. Uh, he's just one of those guys that's stepped in and done like the dirty work role, and he's absolutely murdering it. And it it's crazy that he's six four. And he's leading the conference, the toughest conference in America in rebounds. I mean, you have – that doesn't – I mean, that just comes with know-how and instinct, but pure hard work. I mean, to be 6'4 and be out-rebounding guys like in this conference, it's fucking insane. And, and kind of what sucks is Mark Smith has been like almost the one consistent piece – from game one to whatever, you know, game 22 or whatever it was, because Nigel was missing for a couple games. Noel has missed for a couple games, and he's also put up a few stinkers. The irony and the thing that maybe hurts the most yeah. is the only <laughs> game, the only game where Mark Smith is like, well, shit, that was, that was a dud. It was versus KU, and all you needed was like an average, average game from Mark Smith to kind of couple what was going on in that game, and that's probably a dub. But I don't want to go down that depressing um, timeline too much. I do want to give some praise to Mike McGurl. And I feel like every time I hit record on a podcast or something like this, um, you know, four out of five times I'm talking about Mike McGurl. And sometimes it is kind of piling on him. But this is not going to be one of them. Mike McGurl grabbed a career high 10 points in that game, playing 34 minutes. With as bad as we've been rebounding, the fact that he was able to grab 10 and have another person grab rebounds besides Mark was big time in a one-possession game. And I do think, and, and I say this, um, and I, who knows, you know, after after the you know game versus Iowa State next Saturday, I might be going back on this. But it almost seems like Mike has finally kind of gotten more comfortable in a role where he – is a little bit of that dirty guy. He, I still think he's shooting too many times. I still think he probably needs to cut it back one or two shots a game, but he's starting to grab rebounds. He's starting to play better defense. He's starting to find a role. And ironically, it's coming where he's having to play up over 30 minutes because Selton Miguel isn't there. It's almost like he's doing the Selton Miguel role, playing good defense, grabbing rebounds. What have you thought of Mike McGurl? I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about him in the TCU game, but just as a whole, uh, the stretch of games for Mike McGurl. What have you seen from him? Uh, Mike, he is a frustrating guy. Um, and you know, what's crazy about last night is our gore, our guards combined for 23 rebounds is not just Mike last night. Eh, it's just, well, yeah, so, our so guards are all from, over the board. So that's still from the Oklahoma state game, the 10 rebounds. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mike had three rebounds last night. So I was yeah. going to like, I was a little confused, but no, no, still, so we're still kind of talking about the Oklahoma State. Yeah. 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 Yep. Gotcha. Well, I mean, if we could, that's what we need from Mike. We just need him to, to pop up here and there, um, be it on the boards or hitting shots. Because if Mike has a game where he's contributing heavily in at least one, basically one category we we can't have a, a ghost mic and we can't have a mic where he's killing us um you know turning the ball over missing shot bad shots but he's a six-year guy he's got to be you know consistently contributing each game and but when mike does go off like that 10 boards or when he drops the odd 15 points the the chances of us winning seemingly skyrocket um whenever we have mike contributing we're so much better. And I mean, 
I'm hoping down this final eight game stretch plus the tournament in Kansas City that we can get a mic that's absolutely engaged and is making a difference because we're going to need him. We are going to need him, especially right now where, I mean, how long is Selton out for? Um, probably at least two more games. Yeah. I, I was hoping that he might be back for that game in Ames because I tell you what, if you score 65 versus uh, Iowa state, I I think you're going to win. I I, I think, I think Selton could feast guarding some of those guards. Um, So I'd like to see him back for that one. Uh, But I think it's probably going to be two more games. I want to circle back to something you said, because I'd never thought about it. And I don't even know if you meant it like it did, but it kind of triggered a thought in my head. You say you need Mike McGurl to do one thing good every game. What I think should be his role, and it kind of goes to that, find the crack in whatever that game is. If if it's a game where we need him to go grab seven to ten rebounds, if it's a game where we need him to step up and be the stopper on defense, if it's a game where we need him to score 15 points, just trying to find that one crack to fill in any given game and be that guy to fill it. Basically, if he could be our flex seal for the next eight games plus Kansas City, I think that would go a long way in maybe finding a chance to be relevant on Selection Sunday. So I don't I don't know if you meant to make that connection, but it, it was a great point to point out. And again, six-year guy, he's been here all six years. If there's anyone on the team who can be that, it can, it, it should be Mike McGurl. Yeah. He's just got to find some positive consistency. I mean, basically, we can't have any more games where he's the liability, a liability or a liability, you know? Yeah, definitely. And he wasn't a liability yesterday. So uh, I, I think th- this game much more fresh in everyone's mind, a nice 12 point win on the road from the second largest TCU crowd of all time. Uh, student crowd. Gargantuan. Yeah. We're, we're everyone's Super Bowl. Facts don't care about your feelings. Random Jayhawk Twitter account that tried to troll me after that tweet. Sorry. Facts are facts. K-State 75, TCU 63. Well, not a perfect game. We had a few big runs and really never let them match those runs. So how nice was it to see a pretty, like, I I put consistent in here. I wouldn't even say it was consistent, but just kind of like a, okay, never really, like, shoot your head with a gun in doubt. Like, there were some, eh, it's getting nervy moments, but I was never never to the point once we got out in that first half thinking, well – We've lost. I, I sent out a stupid tweet because, you know, that's just what I do. But I was never really like, oh, we're fucked. So how nice yeah. was it to have that? And, again, that's a quad one win. That's a big yeah. road win. I mean, again, yeah. I, I'm, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but those are the type of wins we need. So how, how nice was it to kind of watch that pretty complete performance? Well, it's wise not to – at this point, not to be super emotionally invested in every game. Um, and I think maybe naturally – this is the cause of kind of being beaten down over and over, uh, over the course of the last three seasons. But I never really felt nervous yesterday. I've never really felt like the game was in doubt. It just looked like we were on. Um, and, you know, they had their times where they kind of poked back at us and we withheld, we, we hit them back. So I don't know. And our, our heavy hitters, um, we're going to do a quick pause, and I'm going to go in the room. <laughs> we'll be right back.
Okay, sorry, we had to switch rooms for me. I don't know where I left off exactly, but, you know, they hit us back. We had our runs, and they hit us back. And, you know, when you find ways to win games in this league, especially on the road, you have to withstand those runs and find answers to them. That's what we did yesterday. Um, We were a little bit fortunate that they had their best player out, but we also were down Selton Miguel, and we were on the road against a record crowd. And, you know, our big guys stepped up, Um, you know, Nigel – was Nigel, Mark Smith was Mark Smith, and the key, Mr. McGurl, wasn't a liability. Yeah, it was a good win. And again, people will try to be like, oh, you know, they had someone. I mean, people forget that Nigel and Marquise both were out in games. First four games, our our roster was a fucking night. Yeah, so I'm not going, I am not going to, I'm not going to apologize for any sort of pass for anything. You know, we, we had COVID issues, we had injury issues. I'm not, I am not, if anyone wants to try to say shit, like I will, I will mush them yeah. right into the face. Like I'm Michael Beasley, no fucking chance. I'm, I'm, I'm conceiving any of That's that. something I completely forgot about. And that is painful to think about those first four games. I mean, if we're full strength, surely we get two of those. Yeah. Full strength. And again, it's just like, I mean, what we, we, we were missing, uh, Nigel pack versus uh, Wichita State, we still found a way to win. And I'm pretty sure we didn't have them for Marquette either. We did not. I don't believe. So, so again, I like anyone who's trying to be like, oh, well, they are missing their math playing. Well, fuck off. Like, we have had so many injury and COVID issues this season. Like, you, they can eat a bag of dicks. And, again, I want to give credit to the team because, you know, th- this has been a squad in, in the Bruce times where there have been times where they have – shrunk in front of big crowds but you know the wichita state game which was you know a big crowd and it was probably 87 13 wichita state fans you know they didn't crumble under that they didn't crumble under a pretty big tcu crowd and again like they were showing the fan like the students they were into that game and and you know marquise was flexing on them. mark was flexing on them. nigel was laughing in their face and dropping another three I think that just kind of shows that the team is coming into their own. They're taking that road dog mentality and something that I have said a couple times, I've said this a couple times on the podcast, they don't mind being the villains. And that's what I love I being like. a villain. And, yeah. And again, they're they're going to have the chance. They're going to have a few uh, chances to have marquee road games where they can be the villains again. They can embrace that road dog mentality. If they can embrace the, villain they can they can embrace kind of like the spoiler they can embrace these little alter egos because here's the thing and it sucks but they're not getting the energy from the fan base they're not getting on twitter and seeing the energy they're not getting a ton of energy when they're having home games so they have to manufacture it and that's the thing about this team the team is you you said it meshed together you you said it they they have kind of molded themselves and and they get the energy from each other whether it's the road dogs whether it's being the villains whether it's playing the spoiler whether it's just being k-state basketball they're finding the energy within themselves and and the last night was the perfect example of that it sucks because this team is legitimately this group of guys is close to you know what do we have we're 12 and 10 we have 10 losses this group is very close to swinging four or five of those losses um the other way and you know I don't know what's going to happen after it's all said and done when we play eight more games and I don't know how many we'll play in the tournament. This is a good win. 
this is a win worth celebrating. Sports psychology, you cannot, you cannot factor out how big sports psychology is in this game. You know, when you've had a game in the same season where you you 100% blew it late in the game yesterday, you know, they began to press us. That lead was shrinking. I think it was single digits at one point, maybe down to seven when they were pressing us uh, with the about 90 I think seconds got, left. I think it got within a possession. And we some... turned it over. Um, you know, that is not easy to overcome. It's losing is a habit. Um, it's easy to fall into that. And the, the boys stepped up. They broke the press very well last night after a couple of shaky possessions and they hit the free throws down the stretch and we're good. Defensively, we're very good last night too. Yes, yes. They had a very good defensive performance last night. Pack once again, elite. Uh, shooting seven. mode. Oh, yeah. Just he's he's amazing. Seven of ten from the field, three of six from three, four, three of four from the charity stripe, had 20 points, four steals, three assists, four rebounds. This guy has to be considered to be first team all big 12 at this point, doesn't he? Sure, absolutely. I mean, also, how fucked up was it that he wasn't all freshman team last year? It's a joke. It's, I mean, you know, that's what happens when you're on a losing team, it gets overlooked. Yeah, well, I, I again, he, he just goes wild. And, and again, just, I mean, you said it. He, he started being d- doing the dog on Twitter. Uh, you got to look that up. I'll, I'll send going. you the link. Please, please do. Um, just showing the personality, seeing him having fun out on the floor, that gives me energy, that gives me life. And again, Nigel is going to, if, and again, it sucks that you have to preface this in the transfer portal era and then, possible coach changing um if he could stick around for his junior and senior year he could go down as like one of those guys now will he get the big 12 championship or the tournament run like Barry Brown did like Jacob Poland did probably not maybe probably not um but he's gonna have the stats he's gonna have the accolades he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch he's going to be a lot of young kids like oh my gosh like my first favorite player was Nigel Pack. And I think that's really fun to see when you see one of those guys come through. It just sucks that you now have the anxiety surrounding it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, if Bruce is gone, is he gone? Or Portal, is a bigger school going to get in his ear? Um, I just hope that we get to watch two more years of Nigel Pack. But we talked about this with, like, Deuce Vaughn, and we talked about it with Felix Andike Uzama. Uh, just mm-hmm. cherish every time you get to watch this guy. We said it about Skyler Tom or Thompson as well. Just cherish every time you get to watch this guy play basketball because you never know what game might be the last and you're getting to see a great basketball player represent Kansas State University. So that's what I have to say yeah. about Nigel Pack. And I hope he gets the accolades he deserves. I agree. Um, I know it's tough given the climate of the program the last three seasons, I get why people are not invested and not interested, but sometimes you just, you have to remember that you're watching, you know, student athletes, you're watching kids play the game and represent our university. And we have a group of guys that are, are fun. And, you know, Nigel Peck is legitimately a first team, all big 12 talent. Um, So I agree. Tune in for, you got to tune in sometimes just for that, just to see what they can do. Fucking shit, Chauncey. Relax, man. <laughs> but also, God. the season is on a knife's edge. Like, oh, it, this it, is one of those, like, this is one of those uh, types of seasons and types of, like, 
moments in the season where I, you want to like shit on the fans <laughs> to be like, come on, we have to like, like if we could just pack the stadium every time and but it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be there. So I can't really point fingers at other people. But if, if we had like just elite um, fan backing for the next eight games, it would make a huge difference. I mean, it definitely would. It would. And I, I, I also We're fighting kind of, for our tournament lives. Let's, let's, let's back them and get them over the edge. I, I oh, maybe I'll go to Baylor. I'm not going to Baylor. I might go to it's too late. I'm, I'm going to go on Valentine's day because I'm single, ugly and alone. So I'm going to go to that game versus West Virginia. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll drive up to Ames, Iowa next Saturday. It's a three o'clock game. I can make that a day trip. We'll see. Um, but Marquise Noel, uh, so the running mate in the backcourt. So he had a nice stat line, 14 points, six to six assists, six rebounds, two steals, and only three turnovers. That said, he was five of 15 from the field, one of six from the field. How do you judge a game like that from Noel and kind of the, the uh, amoeba that is Noel? Because, again, we saw him do elite uh, versus some teams in the non-con, but the Big 12 play, for the most part, it's kind of been similar stat lines. There's a lot of good, but then when you look at what he's doing from the field, you kind of scratch your head like, okay, uh, is it, do you need to rein it in or do you just continue to let Noel be Noel? I'm all for that stat line, um, the good and the bad. I take that every game. 14 points, uh, you know, six assists, six boards. I like that. Um, I think – Yes, he was five of 15. It's not great, you know, 33%, but, you know, he had a lot of crucial baskets last night, you know, where he was driving to the basket, um, kind of keeping, he, he, he helped keep the de- defense on their toes, um, you know, with three or four blowing by the defender and getting to the rim. Now they have to watch out for that. And that opens up things for him to penetrate and kick. And that's just what he's, he's so good at that. Um, and, six boards for a man of his size is just very commendable. That just shows that half a rebounding is just like space and IQ and anticipation. And I wish uh, some of our big boys could uh, take some notes on. In in some of, in some of the big men's defense and they're not good at rebounding, but Bruce's system has always kind of lend it to, okay, clear out the other big guy and let the, guard come down and get the rebound so there's a little bit of that uh to it in bruce's rebounding system but i i do agree they need to do better the one thing that i'm hung up on is the one of six from three because at least three or four of those there was one that was just in fast break uh which was bad one of them was an and one step back type thing you know from 27 feet it wasn't good I, i i understand kind of and this is the genesis of the question. I understand letting Noel be Noel because mm-hmm. you know what? Some of the game, some game, he's going to go five of six on those threes. But it, it just kind of, I mean, he was, he was four of nine uh, when he's driving towards the bucket and all that type of stuff. And he got a couple of them swatted away, whatever. But when he was having such a game, good game with his momentum going towards the bucket, it's hard for me to kind of swallow some of those shots that he decided to take. But at the end of the day, yeah. it was a 12-point win. I'm not going to harp too much on it. It just really is an interesting case of this player. And I don't think we've ever had a player quite like Marquise Noel. I, I think Cartier Jada kind of was like that. You know, there'd be times where he, he'd just be chucking threes around like, eh, come on, but he'd do some cra- like amazing other stuff. 
But Noel is always keyed in. He's always getting assists as well. So I, I just don't – I think he's just like a unique player to the history of K-State, the way he goes about his game. Yeah. Um, I agree. I don't like – I mean, obviously, anytime somebody goes one of six from three, you're not going to like it. Um, but I think to point out some of the shot selection, I think is totally fair. Um, you know, a lot of – half those probably pretty bad shots. I don't like a three-point – uh, in transition, albeit it was a wide open three. And it's like, if you're going to do that, you better make it. Um, but you know, he, he was missing open threes. He's taking some bad shots and I'm not super filled with confidence when he's taking deep threes. Um, he ironically has like, he's better taking very deep threes. It seems, um, than he is kind of a shorter three, but I don't know. I mean, overall, I thought he played well last night, kept, he kept the, uh, Horn frogs on their toes and he is a I just, menace on defense. Every single game he's giving a hundred percent effort and he's a menace. You know, he's a he's a full effort guy, and you know you're gonna get that out of him every game. And um you gotta respect that at least. Another full effort guy, Mark Smith, another double double. We already talked about him. 16 10 continues to lead the Big 12 in rebounding. I think he's gonna be like a probably not a second team. He might be like an honorable mention all big 12 type guy. That would get us two uh, players. Is there a third team in basketball? I don't know. I mean, for a 6'4 guy to lead the conference in rebounds, he'll land on. He'll land on one of those. Yeah, I don't I know reckon. if there's a third team. So if there is, he might. Um, but, you know, I, he, he'll add him. I think he'll, yeah, yeah. I think he lands an honorable mention, but it was a good game. Sure. Mike McGurl, 13 points. And this was only the third team all season or third game all season where we had four guys in double figures. Um, the backcourt just doing nice things. Again, kind of what you said, you needed Mike to kind of fill in the gap to score a little bit more to keep the uh, Horn Frogs at arm's length. Uh, how fun was it seeing those four score the ball like they did? And then we said at the top, they played pretty defenses or pretty good defense as well. Yeah, I thought defensively we were excellent, particularly in the first half. We were a little shaky to start the second half, but we clamped them down once we kind of adjusted. But it's really it's really impressive to have four guys in double figures with Selton out, despite his scoring uh, difficulties this season. We were going to have to step up. He has contributed, you know, occasionally, um, you know, heavily on scoring. He'd have, you know, every once in a while, Selton's going to ball out. But very impressive uh, on the defensive side of the ball with our best, you know, point guy out on the defensive end with Selton. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, and it was just another one of those Mike McGurl poking his head up and saying, all right, we're going to win this one, I guess. So we need more of Mike. Mike has, Mike's the key. Flex seal. Just figure out what we need in that game and just fill, fill the gap. Um, it was another quad one win. Um, ton, tons of work, but the next five games are Baylor at home, at Iowa State, West Virginia at home, at Oklahoma State, and at Kansas. What needs to happen if we're going to win three of the next five, which I think that has to be the goal. If you win three of the next five, I think that firmly puts you on the bubble for the last few games in the season and the tournament in Kansas city. So uh, if you're targeting three out of the five, what do you need? So what do we have? We have Baylor, Iowa state, West Virginia, Oklahoma state, KU. So we got three 50 fifties in there and then two, Two or, you know, if we steal one of those. I mean, fuck. It'd be if large. You, 
I mean, I, I again, know. I think I think Baylor matches up very poorly with what we are. Agreed. Uh, it sucks that that one's at home. I wish we could. I wish we could get KU at home a second time. And just forfeit. Oh, we Baylor fucked game, up so but... bad blowing that game. Um, but <sighs> I mean, let's just look at the final eight games. You've got Baylor, KU, Tech on the road. Those are going to be the three. If we can steal one of those, that's enormous. And then the the other five are you know 50-50 battles. West Virginia, Which, Iowa State twice, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. If you can get three of those four, steal one. If we can go four and four, I think you're in a position where you have to win them all. If you if you want if you want you to be to realistic, all five. I, I so think five and three. And I think you need eight. to go five and three and get to seventeen and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, right. That, yeah. So it'd be seventeen and thirteen going to Kansas City, and then I think one win gets you into the tournament. Seven eleven in the Big Twelve. Um, and then yeah, win that first round, maybe steal the second round. If you, if you steal um, the you're second in. one, you're you're, you're 100. Yeah, I think that needs to be the goal. So I I really think you know it, the Baylor, the KU, and the Texas Tech game. For any one of those you steal, you can drop Oklahoma, Iowa State times mm-hmm. two, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Um, so it, it really does become a math, you know test and and, it, and for what it's worth you know those games kind of line up well all of a sudden you find a way to steal Baylor on Wednesday night again not holding my breath but if you can seal that all of a sudden that gives you some ba- breathing room for the next three yeah you're able to go to an Allen Fieldhouse pull uh, you know uh, what oh man Clint Stewart Cartier Martin uh oh who, who Diara, is the big drama yeah, Diara, drama Diara. Uh, Skylar Thomas, I think, you know, Sky Thomas, tiny little point guard war number one, similar to Noel. You're able to pull that off. Then, you know, the home game versus Iowa State and the home game versus Oklahoma gives you some breathing room. Sweet Texas Tech. I mean, we get a laugh at the 23 podcasts, you know, in our own network. I'd love to troll those guys again. Uh, so it just gives you some room. So, you know, I, I think if, if, if Nigel stays hot throughout all that and Mark is around a double-double for all that, I think that's enough to give you a chance that the supporting cast will do enough to give you a chance to go five and three uh, to finish this off before Kansas city. I I think that ultimately is what's going to need to happen. I think you're going to need uh, Nigel pack in every game that you want to win. I think he has to perform at an all big 12 level because I think you need that leader. I don't think that there, I I don't think you're ever going to get a fifth performer because I, I, I think that, we saw yesterday there, there there's a formula to get four of your guards to score in double digits, to have solid games. I don't think that there is enough. Uh, there, there's someone off the bench. I don't think Bradford's ever going to figure it out consistently enough. Uh, I don't think any of the bigs will get it done to figure it out specifically enough to have a game where Nigel can just be okay. I think he needs to be good to great every time you come out, if you want a shot to win and then you need, uh, Mark Smith to be around a double double. I think that is the formula, and you need it five out of the next eight games or three out of the next five for sure. You just have to. We have to make shots too. I mean, we shot forty six percent last night, um, and we were good from the foul line, fifteen to twenty. Well, I think it it's also down, getting to the foul line. Getting to the foul line is large. Twenty you can't times. Have a, can't have a thirty thirty plus three point game where we're not getting to the foul line, but hitting our shots that's really what the game comes down to make shots when you have have them open and um 
you know, can we, can we stay relatively hot in the next eight games and win those 50 fifties, just full throttle effort every game. Um, we got to get Selton back sooner rather than later, I think, but um, it's doable. I honestly think six just, out of the games are 50 fifties, even at tech, like maybe no. at 60, 40, but I don't, they're fine. I, I, I think like, tech is at that point, I think they're going to be rolling. They're really kind of embracing this whole, like, riot raider type thing. i think that's going to be a tougher atmosphere than allen Fieldhouse. well i'm gonna i'm pulling the fire alarm do it go down to lubbock and pull the fire alarm all right uh real quick we're, we're gonna close things out we're gonna talk about the women's basketball team and football uh, before we call it a day uh first off the women they, they continue to really struggle on the road uh they lost at iowa state 70 55 disappointing game i think that all but kind of uh, declares it done in the Big 12 race, but they did turn around and beat Texas Tech. I have it wrong on the sheet. It was 82 to 75. Uh, again, ends any real contention at the Big 12 title race this year unless they win out and they have some salty games. They're on the road at Baylor and Oklahoma and host Texas. So I don't think you're going to win it, win out, but I do think there's a chance for them still to be a four seed or better and host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I think that is something fun and something to aspire to. Aoka Lee was dominant once again versus Texas Tech, 31 points, shooting 12 of 15 from the field. Uh, you know, I, I think she's going to win Big 12 Player of the Year. I think I think something is I, – I think there will be a legitimate conspiracy if she doesn't. Um, but we'll wait to be, you know, calling out folks. If We'll, we'll wait. We're just going to assume that the voters do the right thing. But we haven't had you on in a while, especially during this dominant run by Aoka Lee. Uh, what, what have you like? What have you thought about? I, I've said that she, she is the most dominant player to ever play basketball at K State. People are talking about Michael Beasley, and I think that's the only argument. But if you look at her stat line, and if you're seeing what she's able to do to defenses, I don't really know how there's an argument. Th- this woman is an elite basketball player. Yeah, I think. Hmm. That's a decent debate. I think if you're going to say it's Michael Beasley over that, I think the edge that Michael has is that he was, he could do it all. I mean, he could hit it. He could hit a three from, you know, 25 and then he could blow past you. He could board, he could do literally everything, but um, yeah, she's insane. What does she have? 1500 points in in her career. And she's not Um, even all the way through her third season. NCAA record was 61, which is unbelievable. Outscored uh, Oklahoma nearly by herself um yeah i mean she's amazing she's another one of those players where you just you have you should turn the game on just to see what she's gonna do um i think the team solid sad that they can't they haven't quite gotten over that hump um dropped a couple tough ones um on the road yes road woes basically is what this team is about but all of our losses are essentially well five out of the five of the losses are against like top 10 teams Yes. I think we're being punished pretty harshly in the polls. Um, But here's the thing. I'll I'll say this about the polls. Like, first off, that Texas Tech loss really hurts. That that hurts. Head scratching, all this type of stuff. The polls are fucking stupid in women's basketball. I I think there actually is an element of lazy uh, folks. Just, I think the voters in the women's polls, coaches poll and the people, just lazy. And and I'm not going to go on, like, calling them a sexist rant, but I think there's an element of, I don't give a shit. It's only women's basketball. And that sucks because I've watched more women's basketball this year and having a long time. It really is fun. So 
you know, here, here's my kind of pitch. Watch, watch the games on ESPN plus tickets are only a dollar in uh, to, to go to a game in Manhattan. All seats are only a dollar for rest of the year. So I would say, get out there. If you live in the area, if, if you have the ability, this is a fun team to watch, but I, I, they're very high off in the net in the women's selection committee values the net more than the men's committee does. I, I think that because the computers love us, we really do have a shot to be a four seater better, which would mean we get to host the first two rounds. And I'll say this for hosting the first two rounds. I think Bramlage will be bumping. I, I, I think that'll be a really fun atmosphere and I'm going to do my best to get there. I do want to say in this Texas tech game, it wasn't just Lee and she gets all the shine, but there's a trio of freshmen from Missouri that had big nights, and they truly are very good basketball players, great pieces. You had Briley Glenn, uh, 14 points, four assists. Her twin sister, Jalen Glenn, 16 points, six steals. And Serena Sundell, 12 points, seven assists. It, it's not just Lee. These three are very good, and this is kind of the, the lead-in. So Mitty had that really bad loss versus Texas Tech, and you let the home game slip versus Iowa State. But when you look at the season so far, you have to be impressed with what they're doing. Can't help but start looking towards next year, though, because Lee said she's coming back. You have these three freshmen who are going to come back with another year under their belts. You have a decorated recruiting class coming in, including a top 70 player, and Eliza Muppin, who is a power forward, who I think slides right in to that fifth starter spot. You also have possibilities of transfers coming in. When you know you have this elite team, you, you start to dream of what sort of season could be on the horizon. Could they go after a Big 12 title? Could they go after a deep run in March? I think Jeff Mitty's recruiting. I, I have kind of, I think there's some beef to be had with Jeff Mitty. I don't think he coaches defense real well. I think he sometimes lets the moments get to him. I don't think he's the best in game, but he's a great recruiter. And I think he's setting this team up for success. I think the 2023 K-State women's basketball team might be one to put some sort of banner in Bramlage. And I'm going to love this season, but I have an eye towards next year. Um, You and I both kind of grew up where Kendra Wecker, Nicole Oldie, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Deb Patterson before she went fucking crazy. Uh, so I think both of us kind of went to some K-State women's games. We watched them on TV, really followed them in our younger years. How fun is it to kind of see them come back onto the national stage, come back onto a maybe not an elite level, but a very good level where you can talk about hosting NCAA tournament games, talk about, okay, could they make a run at the Big 12 championship? And fuck, you know, Municipal Auditorium here in Kansas City here in a couple of weeks, I mean, they've already beaten Baylor. They've, you know, taken Iowa State down to the wire. They, I mean, they dominated Oklahoma. Who says that they maybe don't lift the trophy in municipal auditorium here in a month? So I, I think it's fun. And I'm enjoying kind of being invested in women's basketball again. How's this journey this season been for you? It's been fun. And it's, I mean, it's all, it's not all about Ioka Lee, but it's hard not to, you know, put the magnifying glass on her because she's so dominant. But um, we certainly haven't seen this, uh, a group this cohesive and um, challenging, you know, on the national scale since Wecker oldie um, the era of, or that era of women's college basketball. And um, it kind of sucks. I went me. back and looked at those years. They, they stubbed their toe every yeah. year in the NCAA tournament, just 
question, just horrible losses, like either in the second round or in the Sweet 16. The the fact that the, that group couldn't get to the Elite Eight just is head scratching, but I, I digress. I think it'll be huge for us to finish strong um, to kind of grab that opportunity to host because it's all, it's going to be good for the brand. Ioka Lee is a monster and, you know, she's going to bring a lot of attention to K-State, which is going to hopefully maybe help Mitty on the recruiting trail as well. But um, I'd like to see us get that home home court advantage. That would be, that would be really fun. And every game is essentially what on ESPN plus to watch. Um, so no excuse really, if you have it, most people do and go on out, get out there, dollar tickets. Come on. Yeah, I, I have I've gotten out there twice. I'm gonna to try to get out there again. And then if we're hosting an NCAA tournament, I gonna have, it's gonna to be tough not to get out there. We're gonna wrap it up with uh, football coaching news. Coach Kleiman finished off his staff by hiring Thad Ward to be the wide receivers coach. Uh, he was thought of as one of the most dynamic recruiters during his time at Illinois under Lovey Smith. Um, he went on to be the wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator, and the interim head coach even for the end of this season for Temple. He was actually retained under the new staff at Temple, but Kleiman was able to lure him away to come to K-State. Native of Florida, played at Coffeyville and UCF. Excuse me. He's known to recruit the territories of St. Louis and Florida. Uh, well, and he also has gotten into Detroit in the Chicagoland Metro. You'd think his connections in St. Louis and Florida are going to be the most valuable for us in this staff. I give this, you know, a B to B plus type of rating on a hire. I think he gives you exactly what you need. Young guy, energetic guy, mm-hmm. um, has some recruiting chops. I haven't heard a lot about his development. He's coached running backs and wide receivers. Haven't heard a lot about that, but when you dive into him, it's all mainly about recruiting. I think he really hits all the marks of what you wanted this hire to be. Um, what were your initial thoughts? What would you grade it? And what, what do you think overall is all the changes, you know, Klein being promoted, Leopak being uh, promoted and bring Warden from the outside. What do you think about the changes to the offensive side of the ball going into this next year for football? I like it. I think it's exciting. Honestly, uh, staff is looking a little younger. Um, I'm excited to see what Klein can do. Uh, it was interesting to hear Martinez talk about running less and doing a little more spread focused offense, which is interesting to me. Um, but the ward hire, this is one of those where it's like, I'm going to wait. Let's see what the experts say. Cause it's not like I know jack shit about a wide receivers coach at temple. But um, I think widely accepted as a fairly good hire. Um, I like the recruiting chops. Um, he seemed, you, you mentioned development. Um, at Temple, he had a dude, Jaden Blue, have his first – have a 1,000-yard receiving season, which was the first um, in Temple history. So maybe that speaks a little bit to his development skills. But I'm mostly excited about – you know, recruiting and the energy that he can bring to the staff. But I like all the changes. I like Lee Pack. I like Klein. Uh, I'm ready. I mean, it just – this is the worst waiting period. I hate it. The best sport in the world, college football, and we have to wait the longest, and it's, and it's on the, to, for so short of a time. The offseason is so painful, but I'm excited. I, I think the team and the staff is shaping up nicely. Luckily, we still have a month of 
college basketball that will kind of get us uh, into March, hopefully some tournament games get us closer to April, but yeah, it's from there. It's, it's a long one spring ball coming around. I might have to email and try to see if we can get Mr. Thad Ward on the show here soon. Um, Maybe get him on, Uh, but that's all we have today. Uh, Just reminding everyone, we will be going live before, before the K-State Baylor game on February 9th, which is Wednesday. We'll be going live at 6 PM download color cast. That's where we'll be. And again, it's, you know, tune in ESPN plus watch the women. Aokali is a monster. You have that trio freshmen. This team is exciting to watch. And then again, buckle up. I, I, I think it's going to be a wild eight final eight games plus tournament in Kansas city for Bruce and the boys. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, I don't know. I'm doing it to myself. I think it's going to come right down to selection Sunday. I've done mm-hmm. it to myself again. And you know what? The fun part is I have no expectations for that Baylor game. So I know I'm going to get to ride this at least all the way to that game versus Iowa State in Ames on Saturday. So that's all I have. Uh, I'm going to give one quick plug. Valentine's Day right around the corner. Everyone knows get something for your significant other and all that type of stuff. But make your mom happy on Valentine's Day. Get her a Hallmark card. Send it to her in the mail. She's going to love opening that and seeing that you thought of her and sent her a Valentine this year. So get her a Hallmark card. Send your mom a Valentine. That's all I have. Good shout. Meet me at the cat head. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea.
Social Podcast Network.